Well, where do we go from here? It's a good question after the Celtics loss in embarrassing fashion to the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm going to talk about it on this Thursday Locked On Celtics. Millie, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. And if you're still making this show part of your daily routine, thank you because I know that after a loss, especially after a loss like the one to Atlanta on Wednesday night, people just don't want to relive it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to think about it. So those of you who are joining the podcast, I appreciate that. It's a Monday through Friday podcast and I host the show Monday through Friday. I'm John Corrales. I cover the, the Boston Celtics for the Boston Sports Journal, which you can subscribe to using the promo code Corrales. You get a five bucks off the annual subscription. That brings it down to less than three bucks a month. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that is now available online at booksellers everywhere. So the Celtics lost to the Atlanta Hawks 127-112. In a game that was not that close, you sit there and say, oh, well, 15-point game. Uh, the, the Celtics bench closed a significant gap in the fourth quarter, but this game was a blowout. They were down by as many as 27. Danilo Gallinari was a freaking monster out there. He just could not miss. Literally, I think he only missed, what, one shot? Okay, three shots. 10 of 12 from three. 13 of 16 from the field, 38 points to go along with six rebounds, two assists, two steals for Gallo as well. Add to that Trey Young's 33 on five of 11 11 shooting, and overall 23 for 42, three-point shooting, the most threes ever allowed by the Boston Celtics. That's the story of the game right there. The Hawks hit 23 three-pointers. The Celtics hit eight. So what's that? 69, right? Nice. To 24. Is Is that right? Did I do that right? Yes, I did. My math. I'm sorry. I, I was informed, by the way, I didn't go back and listen that I was so exhausted as I recorded a podcast yesterday at like three in the morning that uh, instead of saying the Dallas Mavericks early on, I said the Denver Nuggets. So pardon me if my mind is not all there. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Celtics, they, they, what am I going to tell you? They sucked. This was, this was a bad game. And unlike, past bad games. This one this one bothered me. This one bothered me. Not because they lost. I I wasn't sure if they were going to win or lose. But because they didn't come out with the effort. They didn't come out with that drive and and 
I think maybe the Dallas game would have bothered me a little bit more too if they didn't have that fourth quarter comeback because that's what I was hanging my hat on, that that showed some heart. But after that, I know it was a back-to-back. I know these guys are beaten to hell. All of the stuff that I've said about this team is still true. But it really bothered me that these guys went out there early on and just it didn't seem like they were giving that full effort. They didn't have it. And so what I'm going to do in this show, normally we do the good, the bad, and then the big story. That's I don't think that's appropriate for this game. Uh, what happened that was good? Tremont Waters scored like 11 points in eight minutes at the end. That was nice. Tristan Thompson hustled. That was good. Um, what else was good from this game? Uh, that was that was about it, really. Robert Williams cut a lob. I mean, he was he was okay. Everything else kind of generally sucked. Oh, Aaron Neesmith had a nice game, you know, racking up some points in garbage time. Nice to see him hit three or four threes. Okay, that's the good. <laughs> the bad is everything else. I'm going to just spend some time talking about this game in this first segment. Second segment, I'm going to play you everything Brad had to say after the game. Uh, because he's clearly frustrated. And I, I, I kind of want to give you everything that he said in context. And then in the third segment, some of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they did not talk for very long. So I'm just going to play them. And I just want to have you guys hear what they said, how they said it. Because it, there are important things in, in as far as basketball goes that were, were said in these post games. So just picking back up on my point, and really the biggest point that I want to make here is that the Celtics, they, they, they aren't showing, and this is a cliche, I apologize for saying it this way, but that Celtic pride. And I say that in, in, the, in the sense that there is a sense of history and guys talk about it from time to time that there, there is some history here. When you play for the Boston Celtics, you are playing for a historic franchise like you would be if you're playing for the Lakers or the Bulls or the Pistons or the Knicks. You know, the, these teams with long histories, but the Celtics and, well, the Lakers, but even the Celtics alone, like the Celtics have something that the Lakers don't, which is they, they've been in Boston for their entire run. They've been in Boston. They are the Boston Celtics. They were never anybody else's Celtics. Like, and normally I use this as a knock, but this is just a differentiating factor. The Celtics never moved from another city. The Lakers started in Minneapolis. And so there's there's a part of their history that is different than Boston's. Boston has something that no other NBA franchise has. When you tie in the history, the, the records, the, the championships, uh, all of the great players, and the fact that they were in Boston, and the fact that not only have they been in Boston, but like in that one building, this, basically in that little area, they had the garden, and then next door they built the the TD Bank Garden, the TD Garden. So it's a unique 
franchise. Hell, these guys are running around out there with replicas of championship banners on their chests. So the entire ethos of this franchise is Celtic pride. And when you read my book, and I'm not trying to use this as a plug for my book, but please, Boston Celtics all-time all-stars. Um, you you know that Red Arback spent time specifically trying to build Celtic pride. That was his goal. He wanted to build a franchise with a history and its own kind of thing. That's why he retired so many numbers so quickly. You know, we talk about numbers that belong up there and whatever. Uh, Red would retire guys' numbers like the day after they retired practically as a, as a thank you as, and to show the rest of the league, to show the city, these are people who need to be immortalized. That's why so, so many numbers are up there. So many guys from the 60s and 70s run, like he specifically did that to, to build Celtic pride. And this may just be a function of nowadays, it's 2021 and things are different and player movement is different and guys make $30 million and they're, they're more loyal to their own brands than they are to any team they play for, which is fine. Like I, uh, this is not a railing against that at all. This is how it is. This is how it is. When you make that much money and we're, when this much is at stake and this is a job for you, then of course, if a lot of those Celtics greats from the past played today, then they might be more concerned with their personal brands as well. Like Kevin McHale, who is my basketball hero, he went on cheers a couple of times. I can't imagine him younger with an Instagram account or whatever, just having fun and goofing around and what the perception of him might be. Some of these guys that we revere without social media exposing some of their warts, we have this this kind of like lionized version of who these people are. And I get it. So these younger players today, they don't have the same kind of connection to these franchises. But at the same time, you do play in a city where the fans have these expectations. You do play for a franchise that is lucky enough to line its court in this COVID situation with banners. Let's just take four banners from, you know, from here and four from there and drop them and still keep 13 of them up, you know, or what do they have? Eight. So there's nine. They've got nine of them up there. See my brain. Um, but my point is, I don't know that these guys really fully take that stuff into account where, where there is, and for, you know what? I could even throw all of that out. If you're loyal to your own personal brand, whatever it is, don't you have any pride to put forth an effort? And I don't even care if the effort led to a mistake, but what I wanted to see in this game is an effort at all close out strong. Okay. Maybe you gave up a four point play. I could sit there and at least say, you know what? They were trying 
They're exhausted. They're not stopping as well. They're a little sloppy on these things, but at least they were trying to defend. And damn it, I I think they were giving like 60% effort on some of these plays, maybe 70 in some stretches. Like they weren't really going full bore. And this is, this is just the, the most embarrassing part of it. Cause if you're not going to give the effort and I know you're tired and I know this is like, you're, you're just not interested and we've all been in a job where we're not interested in doing the work, you know, sometimes you're just not interested in putting forth that best effort, but when it's all out on display and when it's all out there on the floor and you have a bad stretch, somehow, some way, somehow you've got to find that inside you to put forth an effort. Nothing pisses me off more than lack of effort. And that's what I saw. A lack of effort. I can understand sloppiness. I can understand fatigue. I know what fatigue looks like on, the, on a basketball court. I know what a, a mental lapse looks like on the basketball court. I know what lack of effort looks like in the basketball court. I've been through all of that stuff. doesn't matter if it's not on the NBA level. Human beings going through these emotional and physical things on a basketball court all display the similar signs. So I can see, I can see when it's effort, and this was effort. I'm sorry. And you got to at least try. That's all I've got to say about this game. They've got to try. This is... This is what it's going to take. Now, the Celtics get to come home and play a game against Indiana on Friday. They've got four more games. They've got Indiana Friday. They've got a Sunday night game against Washington. Then they've got the Clippers at home and Toronto at home. Four straight home games. Got to give an effort. If you go two and two, I'll be fine. Fine. Anything better than two and two? Great. But even if you go 0 and four, at least show the effort. And then if you show the effort, then we can be like, all right, well, if if it's the coaching, like you said, like some people said, and, and people will say, hey, well, isn't some of this effort coaching? Okay, sure. But I mean, these are professionals. They're supposed to like They're supposed to be able to go in there and do their jobs. If these guys can put forth the effort in these four games and at least try, then the rest will take care of itself. I'll be fine with that. So up next, Brad Stevens. Everything Brad Stevens had to say after this game, and he talks about the challenge, the coaching. I asked him about, like, what do you do as a coach? Uh, Gary Washburn asked him, you know, is your message getting through? Interesting answers there next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Doesn't matter that football is gone. This NBA season still marches on. College basketball, March Madness around the corner. NHL baseball is coming back soon. You can bet on non-sports like TV shows, reality TV. Everything is available on Bet Online. 
GoToBetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money. Go check their updated odds, their pop bets, their in-game bets. Sign up for free. Use the promo code Locked On. Whenever you deposit, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus from BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Did you miss the Locked On Today podcast? Big conversation about Ab- Albert Pujols. There are rumors swirling about how long he's got left. Is he the best player of his generation? Topics like that are going to be covered on the Locked On Today podcast with your host, Peter Bukowski, every day, Monday through Friday. All the big sports news in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Brad Stevens comes out, talks after every game. I want to play the whole thing. It was about, I don't know, like eight minutes or so. I want to give you the whole thing. I'll react to some of that stuff afterwards. Um, Started off with me asking him the question here. uh, What? What do you do now? Brad, uh, I mean, at this point... um, what do you do? You, you've, you've gotten, you know, three straight losses on this road trip. And in this, there, there, there wasn't the defensive effort to stop them from getting open threes. Uh, what, what do you do as a coach to, to turn this around? I mean, clearly that's the, that's the charge. That's the responsibility. And um, it was 30 to 27, I think with a minute 49 left in the third. And we had already, got hit by a barrage of shot making from young, but we were just kind of hanging in there. And then they just un- unloaded on us with Gallinari um, making all those shots. Um, and they were, you know, like you said, not as well defended as we need to. I just told them in the locker room, you know, nobody's happy about how things are going. We have four games before break. And these four games from a, you know, mental energy and a physical energy and a everything we have are as, you know, pivotal of four games as we'll play all season. So our focus will go to that. Um, this is a, this is a tough one. Um, but, you know, like if anything, I think that first two games on the trip, we gave ourselves a chance tonight. We never did. Obviously, very frustrating. Gary Washburn. No, Brad. Um, obviously, now it's become men- more mental. Are your messages getting through to this team? Um, are you going to have to do something different in terms of how you approach this coach, speak in the locker room? Are you going to have to become a screamer? Not that you are, aren't already, but are you going to have to do something different? Because it just seems like something is not – it's a disconnect for well, I would say, Gary, what I say to you and everyone else is not what I say in the locker room necessarily. Um, and how you say it is certainly very important. Um, and I have had my moments. Let's put it that way. That said, I think this team looks like right now it's balancing playing unconfidently and unsure with the fact that we've had a couple that slipped away. 
And so the only way I know to get that back is to dive on the floor, is to take charges, is to like sprint to help your teammates up, is to fight for every single possession. And that's our charge. And I don't know how to say it any more clearly than that, but it'll be said in whatever way it needs to be said. And we just need to find, you know, make sure that we're doing our job. Listen, none of us are happy with the job that we have done. And I should be first and foremost on that list with where we are. That said, I also realize that we're in a situation where we have a lot of guys going through it for the first time. And there is a confidence to winning that you gain from earning winning. And we have a lot of guys that haven't done that. We have some that have, and you know, we'll make sure that we do everything we can to earn that confidence with our work. Adam Hemmelsbach. Reb, what have you seen you know, from, from this group? I mean, you talk about it with players who have been through it before and, and those who haven't, but that makes you confident um, and makes you believe that they can figure it out and that they can turn it around. Well, first of all, I think when full, I think it looks different. Secondly, our best players have been there at a high level in the most meaningful scenarios and have had real moments. And so, you know, it's not like you're pointing to some blank canvas that nobody's lived before. These guys have, you know, specifically Jalen, Jason, Kimba, Marcus, when he gets back, those guys have lived it. And so there's a lot of guys that haven't and we need to help them get there sooner rather than later. But it's, you know, I think the, those of us that have been fortunate enough to be in those moments and most importantly, the players are what give me a great belief that, you know, we can, we can be a lot better than we've been. Jared Weiss. Right. Uh, going back to the messaging aspects, you know, obviously a head coach is, responsible for setting the tone, but a huge part of it is having systems of accountability throughout the organization and the roster. And do you feel like that's a bigger challenge this year because there's so much youth on the bench? And do you feel like right now the team has those accountability yeah. systems in place? I, you know, I don't, I just don't feel like, I, I think it's more of a, like, we, we just need to, you know, do all of our stuff better. Right. It's not, it's not like when, um, something is said by players, by assistants, by whoever, by me, like we're all, I think we're all stung um, and disappointed with how we played. I think that's again, affected the confidence of the group. And instead of like fighting, scratching and clawing, we've had moments where we haven't and we have to get back to that. So this team has it in them and um, I've been lucky enough to be there before with them. And I know that they, I know what they have in them and we'll, these next four games will tell us a lot about where we can go. John Corrales. Right. Obviously there isn't one single player that can turn this around, but how much do you guys really miss Marcus Smart on the floor? I mean, he was on the bench and he got a tech. Um, so he's obviously involved, but, being on the floor and being able to organize guys, how much, how much does, is that hurting you guys? Well, number one, it's twofold. 
and I, it's, I don't want to, this, you asked me the question, so this should not be taken out of context as making an excuse, right? So we should play better than we have without him. Number one, what he brings to the table is obvious on both ends of the court. It's statistically backed up. It's just anybody that watches basketball knows basketball knows that, right? The second part is, is that it makes it so that your rotations, you always have two of those guys in the game. And so that's obvious, something that has been hurtful. But we still, it's no excuse for not finding a way to win the New Orleans game. It's no excuse for, you know, not being a couple possessions yesterday, better possessions yesterday. And we may have gotten beat tonight anyways, because sometimes you get hit with a flurry of haymakers in the NBA like these guys did to us tonight. But we could have been in a better position had we played better. Final question for Coach Gary Washburn. Hey, Brad. Um, Young throwing the ball off of Grant's back to score the bucket. Them kind of measuring how far they can shoot threes. It's, when, when teams find vulnerabilities, they take advantage. There's, there's no forgiveness in this league. Do the players watch that, and do you let them sink that in? Do you point that stuff out that teams are literally trying to embarrass you at this point when they, when they see that you're slipping or not playing well? Well, this is an unforgiving league. Right. I mean, I mean, you've watched you've watched it for a long time. You've seen all this like the minute you you have, um, you know, you have issues. People are trying to take advantage of it when you have something um, on the court that people feel like they can expose or exploit. They're going to do that over and over and over and over until, you know, you change. Um, but that said, the, the play by Trey was, you know, just a really heads up play. That's not like, that is what it is, but the, but the deep threes and everything else, you know, on a lot of nights you feel pretty good about those shots, but tonight you didn't cause they all went in. So, um, you know, I, first of all, you know, I think anybody can win on any given night in the NBA against anyone that's been proven time and again, but when you have shown some of the vulnerabilities that we've shown, then you have to earn it back with your play and your effort and your intensity and better coaching and all the stuff that goes into this. So the, one of the interesting things there that Brad said was, you know, uh, in, about him relaying his message to the team. And I love the line. Uh, what I say to you and everybody else is not what I say in the locker room. And then he says, I've had my moments. And it's just, I wanted to highlight that because there is this perception of Brad Stevens that the stuff you hear in the locked on, not the locked on, the the mic'd up, (laughs) still just out there promoting my network casually in the mic'd up, uh, segments where he's talking to the guys and saying stuff very calmly. And you see him not reacting on the sidelines. He's got his arms crossed and you see, you know, the little tiny snippets of like a pregame speech. And people just think that Brad Stevens just is like a librarian that goes in there. He's like, okay guys, today we're going to play with force and we're going to blah, blah, blah. Like, like he never, swears at his guys like he never gets on his guys 
And I can tell you that he is much more forceful with his guys than, than you think. And I may have said this on the podcast before. I've had some opportunities to sit close to the bench, sideline, courtside, and hear some of what he says. Um, he's not the aw shucks guy that you think. He's just not. He's like that with the media. He's like that uh, when, you know, in the little clips that they can use for the mic'd up stuff. But you know how much of the stuff from mic'd up that they can't use? Did you know that there's a person in the, in the trailer, the production trailer, that screens all of the stuff that goes onto the mic'd up and says, no, you can't use that. No, you can't use that. Okay, this you can use. You, you don't know 80% of how Brad is with the guys off the court. When he's talking to people, he's he's a genuinely like nice kind of aw shucks kind of guy, but on the court with those personalities, like you don't get to where he's been and last as long as he has and had the, the level of success that he has. Remember they have gone to the Eastern conference finals three times in four years. You don't get to that point without matching some of the energy that's on the floor. I think it's important for you to know that because I think like half of what people are complaining about with Brad is that he's not Bobby Knightish. And I'm telling you that the stuff that you don't see and hear, you'd be surprised by. Okay, that's an aside. I think he's clearly frustrated. I think that he's doing a a good job of trying to um, spin it forward. But it's pretty clear that he he needs his guys and he wants his guys to go out there and press through whatever it is that they're going through. And it's, it's clear that Brad Stevens is uh, frustrated. I think he's also tired. I think he's also kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say the word snippy, but like, I think he's just, and this is something I've noticed. He's been a little bit more, I don't know, open, more forthcoming. I don't know why that's not, those aren't the right words, but his defenses are down a little bit, just like everybody's are. So I, I thought I thought the way Brad Stevens was talking in this in this post game was was very interesting. Um, I thought he was going to give me more on Marcus Smart, uh, but he caught himself and went into the no excuses mode. But you can tell when he was saying this should not be taken out of context as me making an excuse. Like when he was starting to give that answer, he was ready to say. Hell yeah, Marcus Smart. Hell yeah, he's a, he's a big difference. Hell yeah, it is. And he kind of he kind of couched it a little bit. And he's so afraid of coming off as making an excuse. So he and, and this is part of why I wanted to play the whole thing. He caught himself, but I know that he was going down that road of Marcus Smart is yeah. 
we really freaking miss him. We really miss him. And they do. They really do miss him. They might not have won this game, as he said, but they might have won the Dallas game. He gets guys fired up, you know, and, and, and think about what Brad said there in the first, in the, was it the second answer? How do you turn this around? How do you get back that personality? How do you get back that thing? Because going back to my point in the first segment, the Celtics have no pride. This, this Celtics team has no personality. This Celtics team has no soul. This Celtics team is trying to figure itself out. But they don't have that identity. They do not have an identity yet. They don't play that hard. They're, they don't play you know, this way. When Marcus Smart is here, they play a certain way. They don't have that thing when you say, when you play the Celtics, you're getting this. They don't have that. But it was interesting that Brad Stevens was like, you know, you got to dive on the floor. You got to take a charge. You got to sprint to help your teammates up. You've got to fight for every possession. It's kind of college but it's true. To get where you're going, to get that kind of level of connectivity, that's the stuff you've got to do. That's how you've got to act. You got to give yourself up. You got to dive on the floor. Maybe one of these guys got to throw a punch at somebody. Not that I advocate fighting, but like maybe somebody's got to go out there and push and shove and get attacked and get ejected. Something. You know what I mean? Like somebody somewhere has got to give some sort of energy. And I'm not saying go hurt somebody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But maybe if someone like, and look, I'm an old school guy. So I grew up on, if somebody's doing this stuff to you, you put them on his ass. And that doesn't fly in today's NBA. So I understand that. But at the same time, you got, you got Trey Young out there laughing and joking and feeling really, really comfortable. You know, this is a definite back in my day moment, but back in my day, somebody would have laid him out. Now I'm not saying lay him out because that's, that's not accepted nowadays. And it's not like that's, you can get into a lot of trouble for that. What's the equivalent? What's the equivalent? What's today's equivalent? You know, you wrap him up. Do you foul him? Do you foul him before he he gets a shot off? Do you get up in his face? Do you start a little pushing and shoving? Is it worth getting a couple of texts for you? Who's going to be that guy? Marcus Smart will be that guy for sure. But somebody out there has got to do something to light a fire. Somebody's got to be the example. Somebody has to go out there and do something. To get these guys all on the same page and fired up over something. So, you know, there's, there's a part of me, it's like, you know, it it is a shame that you can't, the days of the hard foul are gone. Hard foul used to be an easy way to do it. Okay. You feel real comfortable going through the lane. Well, next time you come, come through that lane. All right. I'm going to foul you and I'm going to put you on your ass and let's see how, how comfortable you are coming back in here. Those were the days of the bad boy Pistons. Those were the days of, you know, I mean, Kevin McHale sickling Rambus and all of that stuff. I mean, those are the glory days. If you can't do that anymore, 
then there's got to be something along those lines. Something, something, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Up next, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. We'll hear from them. And I'll get my reactions to that. RockAuto.com is the place you need to go if you need anything for your car. And it doesn't matter how complicated, it doesn't matter how simple. You need wipers. Probably been using your wipers a lot. If those things start to wear out, you're going to need new wipers. Uh, you've, you've ruined your floor mats. Getting in and out of your car during all of this crazy weather we've been having in the Northeast and around the country, then you can get that at Rock Auto. Did something go wrong in your engine and you need a part, like a fuel pump assembly? That is also available at rockauto.com. They keep it simple. Their prices are the same for everybody. They don't have something different for the pros. They don't have something that will change based on the markets will bear. It's very simple. It's the same for everybody because they're a family business and they've been doing this for 20 years. It doesn't matter how complicated, how simple. You're all going to be treated the same. If you go to rockauto.com, you'll see that the catalog is unique super easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your your vehicle. You can choose the brands, you can choose the specs, all of that. Don't bother going into one of those chain stores because you're just going to double your your work. You're going to all the stuff you can enter into your computer or your phone, you're just going to be telling to this other person and they're going to give you what's in stock. Go to rockauto.com right now, you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck. Very important that you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box? That's how they know we sent you, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests in sports across leagues. Then, tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports, what's been achieved, and the important work left to be done all in discussion on the Lockdown Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. After the game, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both spoke. And it was maybe a little uncomfortable because they are the leaders and they, uh, they need to be the ones who step up. And so here are the conversations in order of appearance. First, Jason Tatum. After two heartbreaking losses on the road, the last one less than 24 hours ago, were you guys emotionally drained tonight? Uh, I don't think so. Obviously, we didn't um, play to our standard, our capability, uh, and it got away from us early. Give them credit. They played well. They made a bunch, bunch of shots, but, yeah, we didn't. We didn't come come with it today, and that's disappointing on all of us. Um, you know, because you know we don't have time to relax. Gary Washburn. Hey, Jason. Um, young throwing the ball off Grant's back and scoring the bucket. Gallinari and Young kind of looking at each other and seeing how far they can shoot threes. Like, 
they was obviously they were, they were trying to I mean, they, they were enjoying kind of rubbing it in and embarrassing you one it's just a pride thing jason this is i mean you have to take that kind of stuff personally and two as a leader what can you do to get jumpstart your guys to where you punch first you play well you play a complete game because it just seems like as you said tonight it just it wasn't there uh yeah i mean you know uh Today was about pride, um, especially um, when the game kind of got away from us early. Um, it wasn't much to draw up or X's and O's. It was just more more so about taking a challenge, um, having some pride about you know what we're doing out there on the court. Um, yeah, John Corrales. Jason, you talk about that having pride on the court, and and you you didn't bring it, but can you pinpoint? Why for a team that has been struggling coming into this, losing seven of your last 10 and coming off of that tough loss in Dallas, why, what prevented you from bringing it tonight? Um, uh, I think, you know, we have to take some accountability. I have to take accountability, um, you know, as the, you know, one of the leaders and, you know, being that guy, um, you know, I have to, be better, I have to be more vocal, I have to, uh, you know, kind of be the example, especially knowing that, you know, we just lost two tough games, playing a back-to-back. Um, so, you know, I, I take a lot of um, accountability for, you know, just the way we played today. Um, and I guess have been playing, you know, we, we got four games to the break, um, you know, four very um, important games, you know, because I think the time is now. You know, we just, like I said, like I said earlier, we don't have much time. We don't have any time to relax. Uh, you know, we got to, you know, we got to dig deep and we got to figure it out. I mean, I, I still don't think that we have the answer to what, what prevented you from bringing it tonight. And I don't think anybody's going to give that answer directly. But that's the question that needs to be answered. Why didn't you bring it tonight? And so I asked Jalen Brown that question when he came up. Jalen, a lot of talk about, you know, pride and, and, and all of that stuff. Um, you guys came out slow again and, you know, giving up open three-pointers. Um, why, after all that you, this team has been through, why couldn't you guys come out with more energy in this game? Uh, I think we – I don't know. It's uh, a good question. Um, but give credit to the Hawks. I mean, I felt like they couldn't miss today. Um, they made a lot of tough shots. Not all of those were uncontested. Um and stuff like that, but I don't know. Gary Washburn. Jalen, it seemed like they they were there were some plays that they were out there trying to kind of embarrass you guys. And we've talked about this before, and you said the players should take it personally. Are you are are you guys not kind of unknowingly getting numb to that? Are you guys getting to where you're comfortable losing or comfortable that it won't ha- it won't work out for you and just move on to the next. Like, how do you, is that true? And how do you shake things up? I mean, you're a vocal guy, you're a prideful man. 
how you take your guys and make try to make them better? Uh, just continue to try to get guys involved. Um, you know, give guys opportunities um, and things like that. You know, uh, be a better leader and things like that. But as long as you got that Celtics jersey on, uh, you should never be comfortable with losing. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. You know, it sucks for me um, personally. And we should all as a group just take the challenge. Brian, Rob. Hey, Jalen, um, we've talked a lot about, you know, the additional responsibility you and Jason have had this year um, in your growing roles for with the injuries you guys have dealt with and COVID, obviously, and the schedule um, and the heavy minutes you're playing. How how has that kind of added up for you guys kind of heading into the, the all-star break here? And is it from a just the fact that you guys really don't have much experienced depth behind you at the wing? I mean, it's tough, but you'll never hear me make an excuse. Um, that's just not me. Um, so despite, you know, whatever the adversity is that as a unit we're facing or individually, injuries, COVID, whatnot, you know, um, we still got to find a way to win through all that. We have had opportunities and we haven't. Cassidy Hubbard. Hi, I mean, we saw you guys uh, huddle, you, Kemba, Marcus, uh, and Jason on the court, um, but how much have the, the core four of you guys talked about your struggles, you know, off the court and what it is you guys need to do to, to motivate this group? We talk about it every day, um, all the time, obviously. Being in the position where we won a lot early in our career, we know what it looks like. Now we've seen examples of like what it was not supposed to look like. And um, just in, it's new um, for, for everybody, but also just trying to find ways to get better and help our team more and uh, get guys involved. I know, you know, through this, I've gotten, gotten better over the last 10 games. Teams are, you know, being more physical, doubling, or, you know, making this get the ball out of our hands. And uh, it makes you a better basketball player throughout. But we talk about it all the time, you know, what we could do to, to help this group or to have a little bit better flow. Hey, Jalen, when things like this happen, obviously there's going to be questions about whether you guys are listening to the instruction, you guys are taking it in. Are you guys listening and taking in Brad's messages? Would you, do you, do you, Brad, Jason, and maybe Danny need to meet and just kind of hash things out or have a, a plan? How do you approach this with the coach? Because he's probably going hoarse trying to tell you guys what to do. You guys want to do well, but it's just not working out. Yeah. Um, you got to, you just got to do it. Like we, we listen to it. You know, obviously, game to game, things change, et cetera. You know, but you got to execute it each and every night. And I think it's been a challenge for this group to go from game to game with no time in between and execute game plans. Um, and I can tell the mental, whatever the mental uh, focus is, is not there. It's not enough. It's almost as if it's like, you know, 
I don't know, but it, it just isn't there. But we just got to be better going to game to game by having the right enthusiasm and the right mentality for each game, which is tough, you know. Um, but we got to be able to do it. Still really not an answer that I was thrilled with, but it's the best we're going to get right now. They they still say that everybody's kind of on the same page. It's just a matter of executing, going out there and doing it. If you take them at their word, everybody believes in each other and they're going to do um, their, their plan is to go in there and do what Brad Stevens wants. And then for some reason, they don't. And so we've got to figure out why they don't. That's the big thing. I don't know why they don't. I'm hoping that they they start to figure it out. I don't know what else to say. It's disappointing to hear these guys talk like this sometimes. Um, Clearly, they understand that certain things aren't being done. Clearly, that's, you know, that they know. They know. So why don't they do? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Well, we'll see. Back for one more show. Friday show. Get us into that weekend. Big weekend of games. So come back tomorrow. I will uh, welcome you back with a much brighter attitude <laughs> than after this game. New, new, new listeners, please subscribe. Regular listeners, please give that five-star rating a good written review. And please share the podcast. Tell all of your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.